All righty, good evening. Ooh, that was loud. <laughs> all right, we're going to go ahead and get started here. Um, thank you all for coming this evening and, and for the folks that are watching online as well. Thank you for your participation. And so what we're going to do this evening, I'm, I'm Jay Cook with the Arizona Game and Fish Department. I'm the Article 3 team leader. Um, and so what we're going to do tonight is I'll, I'll have a presentation, and it's intended. We're going to go through a lot of the history on how the department came up with its current proposal on trail cameras on water, quarter mile from water. Uh, we're going to go through our rationale in that decision-making process. We're going to um, go through the different alternatives that, that we went through. And then the main purpose today, and I'll, I'll, again, I'll repeat this as we go through the presentation, but what we're doing tonight is, is specific to trail cameras on water and, and getting com getting recommendations from the public on alternatives to that proposal. So that's the main focus of this evening. Um, so I'll go ahead and get started, and I'll, I'll introduce the rest of the team here. We do have a, a facilitator tonight to kind of help us um, when it gets time for, for getting your, your um, recommendations. There's some white sheets in the back if you, you have one. Um, we'll read it up here um, when we get to that section of the presentation as well as we'll we'll get recommendations from the folks that are online this evening as well. So um, with no further ado, I'm going to go ahead and go through and then um, we can we can uh, answer questions or clar clar um, clarifications later on. But uh, initially, we'll try to answer as many as we can in the presentation itself. Because um, based on what we've seen from the comments that we received over time and even as early today, most of which should be addressed this evening in, in the presentation. And so uh, Article 3 is the taking and handling of wildlife. And so what we're, again, what we're doing tonight, we're just specifically looking at, at trail cameras on water. Um, the Ar Ar Article 3 team members, and this is the, the, this is the internal team. Um, just to explain a little bit about the process, every five years we have to review our rules. Um, so we establish an internal team, internal team to do that. Um, we go through a, a review phase. We, we look at all the comments. We respond to the external comments during the rule review phase. Uh, that proposal is taken to the commission. It eventually goes to the, the governor's regulatory review committee. If that's approved, then we request permission to go into the rulemaking process. That's the process that we're in now. And so I'll, I'll, I'll explain a little bit more about that later. Uh, so just to introduce some of our, our team members, Craig McMullen, he's our team sponsor. Um, uh, I'm Jay Cook. I'm the lead for the Article 3 team. We have Amber Munig. I'm Andy Clark. Celeste Cook. Uh, some of the members that weren't able to make it tonight, uh, Del Hadjik. Um, Dave Daniels. Dave is going to be our facilitator tonight. Um, and our other member, and Scott Fisher is also here as well. Okay, just to kind of go back through the chronology of, of our process that we went through, uh, roughly in about... Uh, at the end of the last review cycle, the department started um, receiving comments related to the regulated use of trail cameras since about 2012. Um, for this process, the rulemaking portion of it started in late 2015. So this, this team here has been working on uh, this proposals and everything else in Article 3 since, since 2015. And as part of that process, um, we held a, a commission workshop with our commission. It was an open, open public meeting. We helped to, to craft or, or pare down to just to check with the commission that we're on the right track as far as proposals go moving forward. Um, we, we presented specifically this and, and other components of Article 3 at five open public commission meetings through, through since uh, 2015. Um, 
The notice of proposed rulemaking was posted to our department website. Uh, there were six press releases, um, Facebook posts, e-news. Um, we also conducted a webinar on March 29th, um, which also is in coordination with the official public um, rulemaking public comment period that ran from March 15th to April 16th. Um, part of our, our public outreach, in addition to the other things I just mentioned, we, we met with multiple um, sportsmen's organizations and presented the, the proposals, not only just this one, but all of the, uh, the other components of Article 3. And just to kind of a status update so you're aware of where we currently are at, um, and the final rulemaking package was, was presented to the commission on May 4th. Um, however, the commission, uh, due to, there was a two-to-two -two vote, so it was not approved at that time. However, the commission asked the department to develop additional alternatives and return to the June meeting with alternatives for regulating passive trail cameras on developed water sources, which is the, the quarter-mile um, restriction. So that is the main purpose here tonight, is, is to get um, your thoughts on additional proposals that we, we potentially didn't um, uh, consider before or evaluate before. Um, and on June 8th, the commission reconsidered the rulemaking. The actions that it can take at that, that commission meeting is to vote to approve the existing proposal, amend it, deny, deny the rulemaking, which could prompt uh, additional rulemaking processes. And I'll explain a little bit more about that later. And so again, just to kind of restate the, the primary purpose of, of tonight's meeting is, um, again, the department asks us to explore whether the additional alternatives for the use of trail cameras within a quarter mile of developed water sources that the department had not yet analyzed. So again, that's what we're looking for this evening is um, additional um, thoughts or concepts that, that we might not have considered. And then again, solely uh, we're presenting alternative the, um, the department will solely present alternatives that were analyzed prior to making the recommendation to the commission and hear your ideas for new alternatives not previously considered. So part of what I'm going to do tonight is go through the criteria we use to evaluate um, different proposals. Um, when we looked at comments from the public, um, we, we have a list of criteria that we went through. We had about nine different proposals that we had considered throughout the process since, since again, since about 2015. Um, another component, and this was also, I wanted to clarify, um, Fair Chase, um, there's some confusion about what, what that, that, that body does, so I was going to explain, explain a little bit more about it this evening. So the Fair Chase has a couple different components to it. Um, the first is the department formed a, a, what we call the Fair Chase Committee, and it's comprised of sportsmen, sportsmen's organizations, industry representatives, department staff, commission members, and it was established to address fair chase issues, evaluate methods and devices, and make recommendations to the department. Now, with that said, during that, that committee, um, they helped uh, develop the commission's fair chase policy. And again, we're going to talk a lot about that tonight, so <laughs> forgive me if it's a bit repetitive, but a lot of what we did to evaluate um, the Article Three package was using the commission's fair chase policy as a guide. And uh, the Commission's policy was developed after considering many different definitions and philosophies of fair chase, and it became effective on January 6th of 2015. Now, th there's more to the policy, and there is copies of the policy in, in the back of the room where you came in. Um, but its, it's primary purpose um, it was to evaluate whether a technology or practice is a fair chase issue. And there's three main tenets to that. And again, 
we, we use these three main tenets to evaluate um, the roll package along with uh, many other things that we're required to do. But these are the, the three main tenets of the Commission's fair chase policy. And it goes, does the technology or practice allow a hunter or angler to locate or take wildlife without acquiring necessary hunting and angling skills or competency? Does the technology or practice allow a hunter or angler to pursue or take wildlife without being physically present and pursuing wildlife in the field? And lastly, does the technology or practice make harvesting wildlife almost certain and or prevent wildlife from eluding detection or take? Um, as also as part of our, our process, we, we benchmarked with, with other states. There are roughly six that currently have some form of trail camera restriction. Um, several other states are currently in the process of, of implementing restrictions, as well as our other um, research showed that many other states are, are looking into to, uh, to have restrictions on, on trail cameras and other uh, electronic devices. So it's, um, we, we did search na nationwide, and, and that's what we came up with so far. In our evaluation process, we, we had some, some main criteria that we looked through. And so I'll, I'll go e through each one of these and explain a little bit more about it. Um, within, uh, as part of our evaluation, we, we look at, you know, this is the taking and handling of wildlife that is a commission rule that falls within the commission's authority. So those impacts we have to look at, is, is, is it related to the commission's authority to take and handle wildlife? So we looked at all of the different um, rules in our process and, and engage whether it, it was in the commission's authority to, to make changes. Um, or add, add new regulations or take ones off just to verify that it is within the Commission's authority. Um, also a big component, and, and like I mentioned before, um, a lot of what we evaluated was specifically from the Commission's fair chase policy and, and being uh, compliant with it as, as we believed it to be. Um, some of the other things that are, are required for us to look at through the, the Governor's Regulatory Review Council, we have to look at things. Is a regulation going to provide additional regulatory burden? Um, is it clear and concise to the public? Um, we have to look at economic impacts to both the individuals and the industry. Um, we, we look at things like level of complexity, administration, uh, enforcement. Um, we look at is the, is the regulation consistent? Um, is it... Is it, are we able to implement it consistently, and is it consistent with other regulations that we have in this, in this article and, and other rules and statutes? Um, we looked at social impacts, uh, both from consumptive and non-consumptive wildlife users, and also we, we did research and look, uh, is there a, a biological impact of the use of cameras? So in our process, um, the next step, I'll, I'll go through the different um, uh, alternatives that, that we looked at, and each one of these apply, apply to those different um, alternatives, and I'll talk a little bit more about them, how we, um, how we felt about each, each one of those. Okay, so we, we had a pretty wide range of alternatives, and, and many of which that, that you see here were um, based, a lot of them were public comments, a lot of them was internal review, um, some was, was based on uh, queries from our commission, and so all of these things that, that we did look at. And so I'll go into each one a little bit um, and clarify what they were and our rationale that we used to either move them forward or, or not move them forward. So it starts, it runs the full gamut to taking no action at all. Um, that was one of the alternatives that we evaluated, so that means there would, would be no camera restrictions. Um, when we evaluated, we didn't, we didn't think that complied with the Commission's fair chase policy with the current uses of, of trail cameras. Um, we looked at uh, a complete ban on the use of live action 
cameras and passive action cameras. Again, that means a, a complete ban. And again, partially why we didn't want to do that was that we felt was overly regulatory um, to do it on that. That brought of a span a, a complete ban um, on, on both types of cameras. However, um, you know, again, it's the, the the broader aspect, and and does it comply with Fair Chase? Does it comply with the other things that we have to look at? But it, that particular one, the main basis, where we just felt it was it was overly regulatory, and we didn't move forward with that one, with the exception of the the live action camera. Um, and the, these were both related. Um, that was an ask by the commission is to develop um, language that would restrict the use of live action trail cameras. Now, it's really important to to point out, and this kind of goes back up to the commission's authorities and the reason why we, we limited it to the take or in the aid of take of wildlife, because we felt if we went outside of that, um, that was beyond the commission's authority if they're not using it in the take or in the aid of take of wildlife. And so that was the, the main rationale. We, we felt it was less restrictive in that aspect. It still allows for a lot um, uh, lot more use of, of pass, passive shell cameras uh, and also if they're not using it for, for hunting purposes or, or taking the aid to take of, of wildlife. Um, we looked at water um, very broadly. It, it, we, we considered you know, looking at restrictions on all types of water, that rivers, lakes, streams. Uh, but again, as we as we analyzed that, we, we again we felt that was 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 overly regulatory. Um, didn't believe that that many of those water sources was a fair chase issue. Um, for example, like Roosevelt Lake, that's a large body of water. We didn't feel that was a fair chase issue. Wildlife has a lot of different avenues to to get water at a, a large body of water like that, as as well as rivers, lakes, and streams. And also, it it is a somewhat difficult to define some of those other types of water sources so that that was the main basis for for not moving forward with with that and we restricted it to only um, developed water sources um, we also looked at just uh, establishing a camera season um, open and closed dates for the use of, of trail cameras um, the main rationale for not moving forward with that one was again that that becomes very complex with our hunt structures. There's multiple species hunts that that um, occur simultaneously with the another with others, um, and so we felt it would be very difficult um, for the depart for the the public to understand. You know, when when could they use a camera if if there's an open bear season, if there's an open elk season, that could be very com confusing to to the public. Um, and that also is, is related to same same um, rationale of species specific. You know, we looked at you know just doing it for a big big game. We looked at it for just deer and elk. But again, um, we we didn't felt that completely address fair chase issues. Um, and that it, again, it becomes pretty confusing to, to the public. Is you know, it just they. If you're a deer hunter, you may not know when an elk season going or a turkey season or javelina season. And so again, we thought that was a level of complexity that that would be difficult for the public to understand it as well. We didn't think it addressed all the issues in, in the Fair Chase um, Commission's policy. Um, specific units only. We looked at that as well. Um, we get a lot of comments about strip units or, or premium units such as that. We looked at. Uh, alternative management units as well but again it it it, it adds that level of complexity um, it's less clear for the public it's less consistent um, and those are all things that we wanted to to address um, and again if it's only spe species or s specific unit specific we didn't felt feel that that completely addressed the commission's uh, fair chase policy um, as far as looking at a, a, a more of a 
systematic approach to, to, to help regulate the cameras. We look at a camera registration system or labeling system, uh, but again, we felt that was a, an overly regulatory um, a burden that would be put on the public to have to register a camera and administrate that. Um, and so that was the main rationale in, in not moving forward with that one. Um, another comment that we got, um, many comments, was uh, mirror the, the aircraft rule. Um, if you're familiar, that's 48 hours from a, a big game season. But again, um, that becomes very complex because of our hunt structure and multiple hunts occurring at the same time. And in effect, some units, you know, there might only be two weeks available in any given season to actually be able to use it. So again, we felt that was, um, as a level of complexity, it's less concise, it's less consistent, and, and would be difficult for the public to, to understand. And so the the language you up here, this is the current proposal. We, we made some, some clarifying changes to it, but this is the current proposal. And what we're going to ask for here in a, in a few minutes is alternatives to this proposal. And that was um, specifically what the commission had asked for. And so that's what we're, we're wanting to get from you all tonight, if you have some, some thoughts or ideas or alternatives to this specific proposal. And I will... Um, I'll, I'll, I will read it, bear with me. And then also um, there was some, some, just some clarifications on s some folks didn't understand the um, developed water source and what it, what it, was, what it was covering. Um, within one-fourth mile, 440 yards of the outer perimeter of a developed water source, a person shall not use any trail camera or images from a trail camera for the purpose of taking or aiding in the take of wildlife. And then related to that, the definition of a developed water source means any developed, placed, or man-made structure that collects or stores water with the primary purpose of providing water to, the, to wildlife or livestock. And so at this point, um, and, and Dave's going to help us out with this, um, we would like to hear from every, everyone that's here today that would like to um, provide, provide some alternatives or some thoughts. Um, We'd like to hear those now, um, That mainly things that was, was not previously considered by the department. So if, if you didn't have a, um, a white sheet, I'd ask you to get one so we can kind of track that, and then um, we'll call you by name, and then you can come up to the, well, we'll bring a, a microphone to you, and then you can um, give us those, and we'll capture it either here. And then after we're done with that, um, we'll, we'll take uh, um, recommendations that we, that we have from the folks that are, that are watching online. Hi, guys. Oh, hand it uh, over to Dave. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, guys. I'm Dave Daniels. I'm a wildlife manager with the department, and I'm also part of the Article Three Rules Review Team. And as Jay said, um, we have somewhere in the neighborhood of 64 pages of comments on this trail camera rule. And not exactly what we're looking for tonight is comments, but we're looking for ideas to, to possibly to, to analyze to take forward to the commission next week different alternatives from things than we have already considered. So Dale is going to walk around with a microphone, and, and I encourage anybody, if you have a, have a new idea we haven't thought of or, or anything like that, please let us capture it. Let us capture it here, and we'll take it back to our team. Um, anybody have anything? Hello, my name is Mike Kronoski. Um, with Desert Christian Archers, who rebranded to Christian Archers America. I've been part of Desert Christian Archers since 2002. We've been a partner with Game and Fish, and the commission is a partner for a long standing. So first, I'd like to thank you guys for this opportunity. Um, CHA did uh, oppose this rule based on 
The main thing was the rule is ambiguous and subject to personal judgment. So talking with a lot of our members and stuff, the way the rule is written, we were kind of looking at how the aircraft was with the 48-hour rule based on the deadline. A lot of the things we got from our members was a lot of us go up in the summer, we put our trail cameras up, we get a tank. Our kids get a youth tag. Now, for the rest of our life, we can never hunt that tank because we had a cow elk tag on that tank. Because that image took a picture of a cow elk on all of these tanks because it's a family event. We can no longer hunt that particular tank if it's one year, two year, five year, ten years out. Because based on this rule, if we get stopped, have you had an image of a cow elk on this tank? I'd have to say, yes, I am guilty. Because previously, because based on the rule, you don't have a deadline. So part of what we want to see is there has to be a deadline and there has to be a grace period. And that's why we were looking at, with the aircraft, you already have a rule that's in there, you stand by it. I understand that now, based on your comments, is that you don't want to create confusion, but we already have a rule, has specific guidelines, there's specific things, we don't allow that. So why can't we, if it's going to mirror this or mirror something else, let's have some language that gives a deadline. So maybe it's whatever it may be. And we understand there's overlapping different seasons here or there. It gets really confusing, complex. You may have people that have it for recreational. You may have other people that don't. And how would the officer determine if you're sitting in the ground blind, there's three cameras. Is that your camera? Now it's becoming a, you know, he said, she said, and it puts everybody in a really bad position. So, so based on the proposal that you showed with the aircraft, that kind of took away some of our thunder because that was kind of our thought and thing was let's get a deadline and let's get a date that we can at least know that that water hole is going to be banned for the rest of our lives, that we can never hunt based on a cow elk, a, a coos deer, a mule deer, whatever it may be. Because a lot of this is, as you said, is this is about the, the ethics side. This is about the trophy animals. This is about looking for a specific animal and how we do that. And everything that we did talking and through the communication is, I'm not a guide. I've hunted on, on the strip. I've hunted. I've been born and raised here. I've hunted since I was, my dad took me out since I was little. And I experienced all the trail cameras on the strip during my archery deer hunt. So part of the, the other part that we heard from our members was, is why can't the Game and Fish regulates all the guides? They collect a $300 fee, I believe, that says you're going to be a guide. This is all your rules. You guys give out uh, commissioner tags. You raise all kinds of great money that goes back into wildlife. These people spend a lot of money. These guys do a fantastic job because they're doing their job. They have their clients come in. They bring in the forces, and they harvest this animal. And everybody loves this big animal because what it does, the next year is it creates excitement, creates money, and what it does, it brings money back into so part of what we hear from our side is we kind of, as a community, Game and Fish, the guides, us, because we all, part of the super raffles, we all want that chance to kill a once-in-a-lifetime mule there on the strip or a unit nine bull tag or ten tag. So how can we partner to come up with some solutions saying we have guides, we're collecting fees, they have, they're at a higher standard because they have all these rules, but everybody knows if you go on the strip, you might have 20 guys to get this one image, and that deer may be gone for a week and a half, and they're looking at every single hill. And that's okay. That's, that's okay on fair chase because even though they got that image, but it's okay to have 25 guys out there looking for one animal because somebody saw it because they know that animal's going to be somewhere in that area. So part of it is we need to brainstorm how can we come together as a group and find some commonality to say, let's not penalize our guides that do a fantastic job because what they're doing is they're raising money, they're creating the excitement. Let's not penalize the general public but come up with some rules. So maybe part of what some of those items, I forget all the items are, is maybe we do have a, a tag identification that goes back to the guides and they can have a certain amount in certain areas. Maybe it's part of having a restriction of a timeline, maybe a week. So I'm here to basically kind of bring some other ideas to make sure that we don't do something so drastic. And as you talked about, we don't want to do something so drastic that now we can never have a camera on within a quarter mile that affects everybody. So Okay, so let's capture some of that. Um, you 
give us some language. Yeah, uh, what was your what was your idea to our, capture? Our first choice was to mirror the aircraft at 48 hours. Mirror the aircraft. So that was the first choice. Okay. The next one is That's that, one we've considered. That was, you already considered that. Uh -huh. We need to have some kind of date that does not restrict the general public. Okay. They'll never be able to hunt a water source if they put a game camera. So let's figure out somehow that we can create a deadline that a camera can be on there. Like a start have date? Elk seed, you have archer seed, all these, all these overlapping seasons, and you have bear seasons on and off, on and off. That's It's going to get crazy. But we need to have some kind of deadline. So are you looking at a start and end date for a calendar year? Well, it, it could be that. Um, it could be, um, I don't know. Because basically what we were looking at was if you had the language as an aircraft, why can't we use that? And I know part of it was you don't want to create confusion. But we already have the confusion, even though it's probably a very limited number of people that can afford to have aircraft. But the language is there. And kind of similar to, if you guys remember, we had a huge issue first come, first serve on water tanks. I mean, it was fighting. And, I mean, there was a lot of issues. And I, and I was part of that when I finally drew, after 13 years, having a Unit 9 tag. But what we learned is you guys have done a fantastic job of communicating, getting in the regulations, putting on Facebook and your post. Now I think a lot of those issues are slowly going away because we're creating awareness where it's first come, first serve. So I think maybe part of this is maybe it's a discussion where we create some outreach. We create the new model, and we all hammer it. We all kind of have the same accord saying, hey, based on game cameras, this is the 48-hour rule, and we keep talking about it, keep talking about it, and over time we're getting compliance, similar to the fighting over the water hole. So okay. I'm just brainstorming a bunch of ideas sure. of being involved, and so, I also don't want to partner us against you and us against the guides, but to me this is a community, and how can we come up with some solutions that's economical, logical, and how we can get to the finish line. So, so, so this package is going in front of the commission on June 8th. And so what we're looking for is some language that we can go okay. um, evaluate and, and see what we want to bring in front of the commission. And, and just on the trail cameras, I, I know there's a lot of ideas that you had on the, on the guides and stuff like that, and that's going to have to be in another rulemaking so process. But, but we're looking for some language. The complexity. So you guys, can you go back to the other one, read the ten items that you did? Sure. Just thinking outside. So you guys talked about a rec, uh, we have a registration, a label system. What if you were to have some kind of rule that's, you know, it could be started out as, it's, it's going to be up to the public to be honest, and, you know, it's no way we can force, and you, there's no way you guys can regulate it. That's impossible. Sure. So what if there was a way that you can somehow mirror the aircraft rule, and on the game cameras there has to be some kind of label that states what's your seasons that you're using that intended use for, and with a phone number or something. So can we start off with the water, the 440 yards? So, You're okay with that? Parameter? No, no. Okay. I, I, our so our proposal is we want to see the game cameras on water sources. Okay. And we want to have some kind of deadline that's a restriction that we can never hunt these because what we don't want to happen is I get an image and one of our kids get it and we can't tell our friends that there was a cow elk on this tag or whatever it may be, especially when we do a lot of mentor hunts and things like that. So, so part of what I'm thinking is just brainstorming is what if we mirrored something to the aircraft rule and based on that, any individual that uses a game camera on a water source has to have some kind of identification that has their intended use. Some, something that they have to put on there. So if an officer comes on or somebody comes on there, it is marked on there, and that's part of what it is, and they know. Okay. I'm just thinking that becomes a personal responsibility because there's no way you can enforce it. But I'm just trying to think how we can come up with a solution, or maybe somebody else has some great ideas. But instead of just saying, hey, this ain't going to work, trying to figure out some solutions that we can have some kind of commonality. Sure. And first thing I'm just thinking is we need to have a deadline. And maybe we somehow tie in a registration that's part of all of your guides. I, I believe everything I've heard, correct me if I'm wrong, a lot of these issues having to deal with the strips, some of these high-end stuff, 
We have lots and lots of cameras, and a lot of those are being pushed by the guides, plus a lot of private stuff. But maybe we start with part of your guide licenses. You have to register those and label them. And then we phase in the general public and create awareness and things like that and, and give some kind of grace period to let this start happening. You know, as, what we don't want to do is create a bunch of rules. We start hammering a bunch of people because that's not a good thing. But similar to our first come, first serve, the water sources, we take it slowly, we educate, and we keep, we keep building on it. Sure. So maybe five years that. from now, after yeah. this model, we say five years. This is what our new rules are for five years based on this model that we're looking at. So, does, does, he, have it, does he have it captured okay? Because we're going to take this back this week and analyze all these. Trail cameras level from two days, 48 hours. Just, yeah, help me. Yep. So I'm thinking, we really uh, so we have the an individual who possesses a special, a special big game license tag for special season under AR 12-415, or an individual assist or will assist, such as a licensee shall not use an aircraft to locate wildlife beginning 48 hours. Before and during the commission ordered special season, so maybe just use that same language. I mean, you already have it; it's already a rule. Maybe you can mirror that. Then maybe tie a next piece to it. Maybe add some accountability and start moving in that path to where okay. it creates the general public. I think he's got it captured. We're, we're gonna and and Amber's got it captured. Take a look at that and and see um, when we're all done here if we've got it captured correctly, and it, and if not, we can come back to it. Thank you. Good. Um, I'd like to mention something about what he said. So on the uh, aircraft rule, I don't see how you can have a rule and say that it's too complex. It's not too complex for aircraft, but it's too complex for people that use trail cameras. So does that is the commission saying that it's that people that use trail cameras aren't as smart as people that have airplanes? Uh, if it's an existing rule, it clearly works. And there's no reason in my mind that it wouldn't work for this. So I'm opposed for to the 440 yards on water holes. I think it should mirror the aircraft rule. That's what I have sent to the department previously as well. Um, and I think you need to clarify a little bit on what a developed water source is because you your example said that Roosevelt Lake is overly broad, but we only have three natural lakes in the state of Arizona, and Roosevelt Lake's not one of them. So that is a developed water source. So the the, the to, to, to clarify that, developed water is is oh, something okay. that wildlife. was okay. built for wildlife or livestock, okay. and, and okay. Roosevelt Lake I doesn't qualify. That. Okay. Is that new from the original no. proposal? Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Um, and just an observation on this uh, fair chase document that you have. Uh, it seems like, you know, they give three examples of things that they don't think are fair chase, but, and I'm not opposed to guides at all, but it seems like... Uh, Number one and number three would be not fair chase to hire a guide. To me, uh, practice allows a hunter or angler to locate and take wildlife without acquiring necessary hunting skills. It seems like a guide does that. Uh, a practice that makes harvesting wildlife almost wildlife almost certain when the practice prevents wildlife from eluding take. That seems like that applies to guides too. So I'm not opposed to guides. I'm just saying. I don't think these are good example of what's not fair. To what would you like to see on on that on this rule? We're looking kind of for ideas. So, so your comments are, are valuable, and we have and we read every single one of them. We have sixty something pages of comments that our team sits down and reads every one of them. Um, and at the end of this, there'll be a place to send all the comments you want, and we'll read all of those. 
really what we're looking for are some ideas. What, what would you like the rule language to be? Well, I want it to be as minimally restrictive as possible because, okay. in my opinion, putting out trail cameras, pulling them, enjoying the pictures has become a whole recreational activity that a lot of people enjoy. And it's a great off-season thing. It gets people in the outdoors. It brings money to the economy. I see very few negatives to it. If, if you're convinced that it has to be regulated, I think not allowing it 24 hours prior to the hunt that you plan to hunt. So if you have an elk tag and you can't use it for 48 hours, I'm sorry, just like the, the, the airplane rule. Okay, so you're saying 48 hours prior to your particular hunt that Correct. you're drawn for. Okay. And, and unless I'm mistaken, the aircraft rule has been an issue on some of these uh, commissioner tags and raffle tags where they can hunt 365 days a year. So it's my understanding that that prevents those people from using that. So, so, so most of these trail camera problems where there are 10 or 15 trail cameras on the same water holes in these concentrated areas like the Strip are caused by the, the guides guiding for the commissioner and raffle hunters for the most part. So in sure. some respect, that could address that just like it addressed it. The sure. airplane rule addressed it. So the reason um, we kind of found the airplane rule a little bit confusing if applied to cameras, the airplane rule is you cannot fly 48 hours before any hunt. So that would be probably if, if that mirrored... If that mirrored this, that would be your cameras could be out in unit 22 and 23 for probably two weeks because there's hunt after hunt after hunt. And, and some other units, it would be different. So it would be different restrictions in different units is well, why we found I, I, it a little bit confusing. I think it's confusing. I think the aircraft rule is a little confusing. It should be tightened up, in my opinion. But, but as far as the wording, I would like it to say your specific hunt. If you have an over-the-counter tag, then it's two weeks or two days prior to that particular time frame. So that deer has archery, archery hunt deer opening. has three different time frames during the year. Sure. So you could put them out again after the first one closes, but mm -hmm. you have to take it down 24 hours before the second. Okay, so we'll capture that. Thank you. Thank you. Just, sorry, quick question. Because it ends with commission's ordered special season. So you're saying that the commission ordered special season means it's the whole unit, it's not individual seasons based on the species? So I'm just reading the rule. So based on the rule you're saying that would not, the way this is written does not apply to the specific tag holders? Because when he talks about an individual who possesses a special big game license tag for a special season under the yard numbers, or an individual who assists or will assist such a license shall not use an aircraft to locate wildlife, getting 40 hours before and during the commission order special season. Okay. Well, I guess my question is, so... That is particular to special big game tags, I think. And, and there's another aircraft rule for um, the other non-permit tags and stuff like that, I, I think. Am I right, Amber? It is in relation to individual hunts as a whole. So you can't... Um, because the special big game tag seasons are year-round, it has an exemption for that, and so it can't... You can't use an aircraft within 48 hours before the first big game hunt in that particular unit established under our normal commission orders. I think you're reading the part that, that gives the exemptions for the special big game hunters. 
Anybody else? I'd first like to apologize if I repeat something. I have a big hearing disability, so I really haven't heard anything that's going on. Uh, the fair chase issue to me is kind of the, the big question from your things is I've talked to some people here. I used cameras for 10 years. I don't see a fair chase issue in the places that I hunt. Just because an animal is on your game camera one day, he may not be there ever again or maybe two weeks. Plus, public areas, uh, we all know, is you think you have a spot and somebody comes and camps right in the middle of it. It moves our game everywhere. All the, all the game cameras are doing is showing us there's animals in the area. So part of what I'm going to say is my recommendation is no changes. The next thing is I think you guys, your committee needs to go back and say, if there's a fair chase issue, then I think you need to go back to one of your list. Is it the strip? Is it wherever? And you're probably going to have to specify certain areas. Yeah, is it going to upset some people? Okay, but you're the ones that are doing it. You're trapping the animals. You're doing whatever. But as a rule, I don't see this as a state of Arizona problem. If it's a specific area, let's not do the knee-jerk reaction and take out the whole state. Let's target the problem area. Oh, the other problem I guess I have is how are you going to enforce this? I put a camera there, and I didn't know what the issues were, so I brought a show-and-tell with some animals that I was going to use. It's not, you know, that's not the issue. So if I was not the most honest hunter, if you ask me about my camera, I'm a bird watcher. I'm an animal lover. I'm taking pictures of elk, deer, and whatever. I don't see how you're going to enforce this unless you're going to be writing search warrants for everybody's houses and say, okay, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to go through your computer and see if you have a picture of that water hole <laughs> sure. and has that elk on there. Let, let's first capture what you said before. So you want no change to the current rule unless we identify a certain unit that has this problem. Correct. Is that what you're saying? Okay, let's yeah. capture that. Uh, because all I'm hearing here is everybody's confused. Uh -huh. I think, you know, I know I think it said 2012, it kind of started 15s when things really kicked off. Uh, it sounds to me like there's still way, way too much confusion over what we're trying to accomplish. Like I said, I don't think there's a problem, so don't change the rule. Okay. If there is a problem, identify that problem, because there's nothing worse than knee-jerk reactions and trying to cover... A rule that covers everything. They don't need it around Prescott, where I'm from. There's just way too many people. So no change. Identify your problem and address your problem. And then again, the problem you're going to have to come up with is how in the heck are you guys going to enforce anything you come up with? I appreciate that. You want to attack enforcement? Yeah, so, I mean, we would attack it like we would any other regulation law or statute that we, that we have. 
Um, you know, our officers, they, you know, you, you have to gauge it by the totality of the circumstances, the information that you get, interviews with people, contacts in the field, and, and we wouldn't address it any any differently than we do other regulations. We have other regulations that are difficult to enforce, and, and we do make cases on that. So that, that was our thought, is it, we're going to address it like any other regulation, law, rule, statute. Well, and I can see that to a point. I mean, you're, you can't camp within a quarter mile of a water hole. I've been 45 years going up on the rim. There's four different campsites right next to water holes, and I've never seen anybody ask to leave. So again, the enforcement part of this is going to be a total nightmare for you guys to try to do it. Appreciate it. We have, I mean, we have some some difficult regulations to enforce, but we we do our best. Um, anybody else have any ideas? Okay. Hi, I'm Representative uh, Gina Cobb, and I represent District 5, which is Mojave and La Paz County, so we're talking about my area. And just to let you know, I'm not just a state representative. I am a hunter um, and a part of the Congressional Sportsman's Caucus, and I represent Arizona in our Congressional Sportsman's Caucus. So I do um, have a vested interest in this. And a couple of questions and a couple of things that I want to address because I started out working with these gentlemen on the fair chase back in 2015 and um, I'm definitely uh, they've come up with some great ideas and we've kind of batted them back and forth during this whole process um, a one of the things that uh, we're talking about enforcement I this proposed language everything in here is is as far as I'm concerned is is I'm going to speak for it um, except for the part that says for the purpose of taking, aiding, and uh, of a tick wildlife for a couple of reasons. One is when do you, how far back do you go? When do you take the pictures? It puts the proof of burden on the game of fish to be able to prove that it was taken. Uh, the enforcement part of that is difficult. So if you just take that out, it's just saying that, that you should not allow trail cameras within a, a quarter mile. We've been enforcing that just what you said. Uh, one of the laws that we have right now is, a, is the camping. And um, with camping in a quarter of a mile. Well, if the game and fish are out there and they're looking for someone that's camping too close, it's the same thing. They're looking for somebody that's too close um, or has a camera too close. We're not re this is not restricting um, on private lands or on trails. And that's what a trail camera is, is for trails. Um, and you think that just up in the strip area, I got a picture on here right now, someone that sent me a couple of days ago in Area 18A has three cameras sitting on a water hole right now. So it's not just in one area, it's in several areas. Um, I, as a hunter, see them all over the place myself, so I know that they're out there. Um, and it's difficult sometimes because, especially with the uh, moving or uh, the remote when they were doing the remote, and I understand that that's not on the table tonight, but that was also an issue. Um, I've had several friends, relatives, that have been hunting up on the Colorado Strip area. I've been up there helping them. I've seen what's happened up there. Um, I think there's something that needs to be done. Um, a couple of things that uh, we talked about. Uh, one thing I need to probably say more than anything else is that uh, we have learned that if we do not do something ourselves, somebody else is going to do it for us. 
we, this year we dodged a bullet with the CAT um, regulations and the initiative that was going to go out there. We dodged a bullet on that one. Well, that's not going to happen again. Uh, in two years from now, it's going to come back again more than likely. And there's going to be something on this, I guarantee it. And if we don't do it, it's going to be an initiative, and it's going to be the public deciding for us. Now, as a legislator, that's difficult for me because let's look at Prop 206. It just happened with the minimum wage. Um, we tried to pass that law, Prop 206 minimum wage, through the legislature. It didn't get passed, so it ended up getting passed as initiative. Now we can't touch it. We can't adjust it. We can't do anything with that at all. So one of the things that we have to think about is being proactive because if we're not proactive... We're going to get an initiative against it, and then we have to live with that initiative. And we can't change it. It's not changeable without a two-thirds vote, and that's very difficult to happen. And so one of the things you have to think about as, as hunters is that you have to think about how can we be proactive in this and how can we do this in a good, responsible way so that we're not going to have initiative come out on this uh, two years from now. And that's going to happen. Um, a couple of the constituents wrote in um, and told me, because I guess they can't get in on the webinar. Um, I, don't I don't know, know if they're not connecting in. Are they? Are you getting comments in on that? Okay. All right. All right. Because I had a couple of them said, where would we be if Teddy Roosevelt had, you know, given up in his stance in the conservative wildlife and hunt fair ethical manner? And this is from John Still. Is that one of them? Um, and then let's get back to the basics of hunting and learn how to read a track. And don't look at a camera. And that was Jim Cave. And then Jordan Fuqua said we need to rid all developmental water resources of trail cameras within a quarter of a mile. Um, that was the young man that actually sent me the three trail cameras on 18.8 yesterday. So thank you. Thank you. Anybody else have any ideas that we can take back and analyze for some language to give to the commission next week? Will not be valid because the commission does not have authority to enforce this. They can only enforce based on. The so, so that so right. to answer your question, in rule, in rule, we can only um, govern the take of wildlife, Correct. and so that's what we're doing here in rule. Correct. So this proposal would not be valid because that would restrict everybody. That, you, that don't could, that. you don't have you don't have the authority to enforce that rule. Correct? We don't, but it can be done elsewhere. But we can't do that right now with this rule. Yeah, just to clear in within your Article Three, you correct. correct. We cannot. You do cannot that. do that rule within Article Three. Generous, right. like like you pointed out that you know there's a stat there's statutes that that do that specifically, like the camping one. That's a statute. This is this is rule. Hang on, hang on. He's. The, so the one one component of it that I think is probably m most germane to um, to the cameras is let me see is, is the, the 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 very first one there allow a hunter or angler to locate and and as hunters we know that's one of the most difficult things to do is to locate wildlife and this use this practice this use of technology does that for you and you don't necessarily have to be there you go get your 
your SD card, and you have the image, you have the time, location, um, where that, that animal was. So we, we felt that it violated that component of the, the fair chase policy. Go ahead, back there, please. <laughs> Say the same thing about a metal. If you know a metal, they're going to be there at a certain date. Metal, water, like I said, I think we need to figure out, is it a problem? I agree with him. Okay. Uh, who pays for all these water holes? Sportsmen, right? So why are you guys so regulating us? Let us use what we've paid for. But out. We don't, we don't need any more regulations. You guys have enough regulations on hunters. Leave us alone. Let us hunt. I work full time. I don't have time to take weeks off like guides do. And I fully support these guys for doing that as their job. But we paid for it. Y'all need to leave us alone. And leave it alone. We paid for everything. I don't have, I don't have time to take weeks off and go, go scouting. And like, where do you guys draw the line? I mean, four-wheel four drive? I mean, are you going to start restricting people who have four-wheel drives or side-by-side and razors? Or are you going to start restricting certain types of camo, like Sitka or QU and these guys that do this? Like, it's a joke. Like, you guys should be embarrassed to stand here and, like, present this to the public. Like, seriously. Uh, and how do you guarantee pictures success? Just because you have a picture of something doesn't mean you're going to actually sneak out and kill it. I have hundreds of pictures of big mule deer. And I haven't killed one. So, okay, and I mean, you have, you have, when you get optics, I think, you mean, you guys are chasing the wrong thing if you're really chasing something to, for fair chase. Look at optics. You have optics, you can see a mile. I mean, how's that fair to them? I mean, doesn't even know you're there. Let alone a firearm that can shoot 1,200, 1,500 yards. I mean, that animal got struck by lightning as far as he's concerned. Like, you guys need to leave us alone, seriously. But thank out. you. So your your recommendation is to do nothing. Absolutely nothing. Thank you for your thank you for your time, Dale. Yeah, we're we're looking for ideas, guys. And if you're if you're if your um, comment is to do nothing, that's already on the board. What what other alternatives can we bring to the commission? Because we've been asked to bring some. Go ahead. I would say let's get rid of the quarter mile, maybe make it 100 yards. I okay. Mean, if you want it out of sight, let's have it out of sight, out of mind, and these guys won't whine about them. Um, you still have to maybe ambush it, you know, you still have to pick a, an area easier. Um, another thing I've said all along, let's, let's get rid of them on the fishing game trick tanks. Those okay. giant ponds, you can't, you don't cover them. There's, I mean, I'm out there all the time. There's impossible cover a giant pond with trail cameras. So Okay, let's capture this then. You're thinking quarter mile is too far? Way too far. Okay. The problem is that's where the fawns are. When sure. we drop the ground, we're going to have 20 cameras around there instead of one. And now I'm there for two hours walking around. The fawns are on the ground. It's just it's a disaster. Okay, so thing. let's capture that. You'd like to see 100 yards in, instead of a quarter mile. And you also said something about the size of the water. So would well, you like I just to think see your own trick tanks that you guys have built? Just the game and fish that trick would tanks, get rid or, of the, half or the the cameras on on the strip. Since the strip's such a big problem, which I don't see, I'm out there all the time. But if it is such a big problem, game and fish water. Half of them just by doing your own your own trick tanks. Okay, we wouldn't have to worry about 
the ponds and that gives people cameras somewhere to go and you know we can do the distance away from the mothers which I still think is not good but thank you idea. any other ideas on alternatives to take to the commission next week any um, anything online So Celeste is going through the, the people that are watching on the web or, or listening or however they do it and uh, and is going to see if they have any ideas or alternatives. So I think we have one we more in the audience. One more? Yeah, okay, go ahead. Just because I don't know what, what else we're doing here. I'm going to speak um, about, I mean, my, I would say no action whatsoever is my proposal. Um for a couple of reasons, which is long, <laughs> but the first and foremost one is, um, and Jay spoke about it, the um, rule number or number one on the fair chase uh, technology or practice that allows a hunter or angler to locate or take wildlife without acquiring necessary hunting and angling skills or competency. Um, I mean, if you want, we want to dig into technology that 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 helps that. Um, you know, laser range finders, binoculars, all that stuff. Sure. As we all know. Um, trail cameras are not in any way, shape, or form, in my opinion, um, benefiting in the take of wildlife. Now, you know, the finding wildlife, but here again, you know, it's a tool to find, to, to locate wildlife, uh, such as binoculars are. It's, a, it's no different. They're, they're more or less just a tool. Um, so... Uh, the other thing on, on your on the fair chase thing itself um, is basically the um, in a manner that does not give a hunter angler improper or unfair advantage over such wildlife. I have yet to be shown a a uh, an advantage to having that you know to take that wildlife at that time. Uh, I don't know anybody, and we've you know some of these guys too. They run hundreds of cameras um, in a, in a given unit, and I have yet to see anybody harvest an animal that day based off of that picture um they're just it's just not happening i mean you know a deer could be out in the parking lot right now and we get a picture on a live feed camera even and by the time you or me get out there the the deer's gone i mean um my my simplest argument to this in terms of the technology and where do we draw the line is is a sonar bass boat a sonar you know fish finder Nowadays, technology has improved a lot. We have sonar fish finders. You can see your dang lure, you know, literally right underneath you, and you see the fish. Your lure is right in front of it. The reality is that fish still has to bite the lure. You know, that the, the, the guy out there with a $30,000 bass boat, $50,000 bass boat, whatever, with a $5,000 computer screen on the front of his boat that shows him where those fish are and shows where his lure is because the technology is so advanced, still really has no more advantage or unfair or fair chase to catch that fish than my grandpa and I, when I'm 10 years old, out there on a paddle boat rowing along with no technology whatsoever and a, and a bobber and a worm. The fish still have to bite. We have just as much of, an, uh, of a chance, ethical chance, to catch that fish as anybody on the water. Right. And, you know, and at, to, to that point, as a team, we looked at that. Right. We, right. we looked at that for, for quite a while and, yeah, and, I mean, just, and, just, and had that same decision yeah, on the fish line. Yeah, where do you draw the line? And you draw the line nowhere. I mean, obviously, you know, um, and I know a big part of this rule came from, of course, 
complaints and on guys that didn't like them, you know, and, and I, you know, the, the, the ethics committee that was informed and a lot of those guys, in fact, most of them that I know have trail cameras and use them. Um, to me, it's no different. And I, and I've heard a, a gazillion, you know, people, Oh, I show up on the water tank and there's six to eight cameras, 10. I, of course I've heard 10 or 15, 20, but of course I've never seen it. I hunt full time for a living. I guide full time. You've seen it. You've seen 20 to 30. I've never seen. I'd love to see a picture. I have yet to see someone prove okay, that. And I hunt full time. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Stop. But let's, let's get back to why we're here. Okay. But nonetheless. So, yeah. And 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 even with that being, let's say I do see twenty of them. I don't care. It. it in my opinion, it's better for everything. You put ten. Let's just call it ten to make it simple. Put ten cameras on that water tank. Okay. That, in my opinion, is better for the wildlife and better for the roads and the Forest Service. It's better for everything involved. I would rather have 10 cameras there that get checked once a week or once a month or however often than I would 10 trucks driving in on that road when it's raining, soaking wet, when it's dry, and, and, and driving in there at dawn and dusk to push wildlife off of that water like we've done in the past without trail cameras. The, the wildlife is actually benefiting by getting a break because there's not 10 guys or 20 guys driving in there all the time to check for tracks and walk all the way around, create scent. The wildlife is much more natural without the pressure because of the trail cameras. Because of the trail cameras, it was wildlife. The guy, we don't have to go out there and check that camera, you know, a week before the hunt or even during the hunt, for example. And we will. I'll go at 2 o'clock in the afternoon instead of, you know, 8 o'clock in the morning when the milk or deer might water whatever animal. So they're actually benefiting, not to mention the Forest Service and the roads and the state land it's much better for the roads. So everybody's actually benefiting, in my opinion, in terms of the, the Forest Service roads are being kept, you know, less traffic and all that. Have, have you sent all this in? I have. I got a lengthy, okay. <laughs> lengthy deal. Okay, then, we, then we've, and, and, uh, we've got it. And so, but, but along with that, is, and, and I'm going to go back to the boat, the fishing thing real quick, you know, it's no different. And I know a lot of people, oh, I saw 10 trail cameras on tanks, so I've, got frustrated and left you know i pull up to the lake with my bass boat and i see 40 trucks in the parking lot with with empty trailers because they're all out on the lake do i get frustrated and go home or do i put my boat on the water and go fish it's no different i mean just because i see 10 trail cameras there doesn't mean first of all that anybody's even there in the woods i'm the only guy in the woods at that time maybe but you know i'm still going to go try i'm still going to go look and see you know there might be 10 cameras on every water tank in, in a specified unit it's irrelevant. There might still be nobody in the, you know, in there. So, you know, it's just I, I realize a lot of this rule came to, came to to uh, to head because people were upset. Either their feelings were hurt because they felt like guides or outfitters or just people that had a lot of cameras were using them or whatever. But the reality is, it, it you know, it, it has no effect on wildlife, negative effects whatsoever. In fact, it's in my opinion and, and what we've seen is we're harvesting better age class animals because of trail cameras. You know, somebody sees a big deer, big elk, or whatever on that camera, and they may not shoot a smaller animal because they know the bigger one's there, and they may not shoot a bigger one. Okay. They may not shoot anything, but the wildlife, the upper age class. Okay. We, we've, we've, so no, we've got your comments. No your, change whatsoever. Your recommendation is no it's change. Absolutely no change. Okay. I, you know, again, and, and another thing about that, okay. there's absolutely no enforcement. Uh, it's going to be very hard to enforce it, as we Thank all you. know. In fact, impossible, in my opinion. Thank you. So. He brought up a good point. What made Damon fish? they needed to do this. What, what brought this all about? Yeah. 
So again, um, just part of the process, we have to look at our rules every every five years. Uh, that's that's mandated. And so for that process, we look, you know, we start taking comments like we mentioned before since uh, 2012. So early on, many of those comments that we received were wanting some type of, of restriction on camera. So we, we have to look at that. That's part of our process. We have to look at that. We have to evaluate it. You know, is, is it relevant and then if you you couple that with you know try, trying to adhere to our commission's fair chase policy um we we felt that it did and and that's what led us to the decisions that we made and the analysis that we went through uh, we felt it was a concern and we we needed to do a regulation that is clear concise consistent um, um to make it simpler for the public to understand and and for that body of regulation so we we looked at all of those factors so long story short we we felt it was a fair chase issue and we wanted to structure a regulation that it was clear can and concise and can can be implemented consistently it, like i said it's it it's been a a long-standing um concern that like the when the fair chase committee uh, was originally formed. They part of their task was to you know look at things like emerging technology, um, you know, and then establish a, a criteria. They helped develop the commission's fair chase policy. So you couple all those things, and then you look at public comments, and and that's how we went through the whole process of developing a proposal. And and the public no. and the public. A Amber. Since the last rule review, we have received significant amount of comment that asked us to evaluate cameras and place restrictions on the use of cameras. Therefore, the team took an, a further look at it and applied it to the, our fair chase policy. No, there's okay. My my thing's not working here, but. But we looked at a lot of that stuff. We, we looked at a lot of that stuff, and, and we've actually come up with some language for a lot of that stuff, and that is all in the Article Three package. This is, this is not that, right? The, the, the Article Three package, as is, as, is being delivered to the commission next week. What they kind of asked us to do was to look at the trail camera part because it was pretty contentious and, and come up with some other ideas or alternatives. And, and so that's what we're doing. But the rest of the package has some of that other stuff in it. But with this fair chase, like, where, do you guys, where do you guys draw the line? And we're like, all right, enough's enough. They've got enough regulation. Like, where do you stop? Because trail cameras are just a baby step, in my opinion, too. Sure. Bigger and better things just to limit the guys that are here and the guys that are listening on the forum. Sure, and, and the, the rules, the rule, this rule is reviewed every five years. So as emerging technology and stuff like that, in another five years, another team will review it, and five years after that, another team will review it. Um, this is kind of a, a fluid rule that, that gets reviewed every five years by statute. And, and again, you know, with that scenario, and again, we, we don't want to um, labor, and everybody's um, got other things to do tonight, but just to answer that one specifically is, you know, with that scenario, you're in the field. You're sitting there. You're being quiet. You're hiding your scent. Um, we didn't feel that is violating um, 
fair chase. I mean, Native Americans have been hunting water for for a long a long time, longer than we have, and so. But you know, they're they're out in the field. They are acquiring necessary skills because they got to be quiet. They got to hide their scent if they want to see anything. And so that that was our our thought process there. Hang on, Caleb. Grab the microphone. Asked for surveys and send us surveys all the time. And we're out in the field more than anybody. You know, um, we got trail cameras. We're, we're figuring out all the animals are in the areas. I got game and fish guys asking me, "What do you got over there? Well, I'm a, what's what, what's the head the bull ratio over there? What do you think it, what we need to do or differently?" I wouldn't know unless I have my cameras. You know, I, I, and glassing. Yeah, I can glass. Yeah, I, I do it just as much as anybody else, but. Er, you guys are doing, you're going to hurt yourself on it. It's a big survey that you guys know what you have and what you don't have. You know, us sportsmen help you guys out quite a bit. And I think this is going to hurt you more than anybody. Yeah. Sure. Thanks, Kevin. Anybody have any recommendations or ideas? We, we've captured all your comments. Um, we are going to put a, a website up at the end of this. You can send more comments, and every one of them will be looked at. But but give us some give us some ideas and recommendations to move forward. That that's what we need from now on. Go ahead. If you have to regulate it, I just do a date thing, like January first. A date, okay. August thirty first. Sure. You know what I mean. Yep. Thank um, you. If it's all about the hunts that everybody's complaining about, there's so many cameras around when they're hunting, then regulate it during the hunt season. Like okay. September all the way to December thirty first. If you have to do anything. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Well, we'll we'll look at that if if that moves forward. That'll be part of the analysis when we look at all of these, right? How will that affect the auction owner? How will it affect the spring hunts? That that's all going to be part of the analysis. Any other ideas? It's not clear to me if this. It's not clear to me if this includes private land. It was my understanding that it was everywhere, but somebody over here, I believe, earlier alluded that it doesn't apply to private land. That's a good question. I heard a game of fish commissioner said, "Yes, we can regulate what you do on private." Yeah, because it's because um, it, it's it's relates to the take of wildlife. If so, if that occurs on private lands, it would still be applicable. Same, you have to have a you still have to have a tag, even though it's on private property. So it would it would still apply. And and you want it to apply? Do have you guys given thought to doing private versus public? Or? Yeah, and that'll be part of the analysis when when we go through that. Um, any other ideas to an, to analyze to bring to the commission next week? Jay, um, can you go back and just explain the, uh, the fair chase committee and how that was formed? I mean, the originally. Because I mean, I and, I, and I'll tell you why. Recently, I'm going to say personally at least, and probably mostly people in here. This I know this has been dealt with for. You guys have been talking about it for a while. You, you know, we talked about 2012. It's 2018 now. I've only recently, I mean, we've all heard rumors, of course, you know, but per game and fish um, and public comment and all that stuff, we have just recently, I'm going to say in the last five months, maybe six, that I have heard about this actually being on the agenda or even being in the works. And now that I see this, you know, um, Fair Chase Committee and stuff like that, um, when was that formed, and and how was it formed? I know yeah, you I said it was like public, you know, public comment came about. But can yeah. you go into some transparency on yeah, that for sure, us, please? Yeah. So uh, the department started having uh, discussions with the commission clear back in 2014, 
they're in the open public process. And it's at least that far back that the uh, discussions about fair chase have was started. I think what was on the department's mind was to be sure that as uh, we developed this idea of fair chase and what it would look like, that it included uh, members of the public, representatives of industry, and the department. And uh, we have had uh, uh, individual commissioners play a part in it. That is really in keeping with one of the fundamental tenets of the North American model, which is creating uh, policy through a public process. Then as um, the, the commission approved the uh, policy for unfair chase in um, 2015, that was again through a public process. So the lenses that the department looked at this through was how can we build out a look at fair chase uh, in, a, in a way that involves the public and through a public process. So that, that's how, how that was developed. And, and, and so the actual, um, the, the people that were on that, let's say, um, how did we, I mean, how could I get on that, I guess, is what I'm getting at. Is there transparency as to, you know, I mean, I haven't heard about it, you know, obviously. Sure. I know it's, it's, it's uh, you know, it's in, on the inside, you know, I mean, pit guys within the game fish or whatever the case may be. I mean, um, where does the public actually get information or where could we have, where did that get formed in terms of, yep. you know, like, like, again, most of us are just hearing about this in the past six months. Yeah. And it's like, and I know I speak for a ton of the tons of the general public in, in the, in the outdoor world where we're like, man, this is, you know, we're hearing about it in the last six months, but it's been in the works for years and we would have loved to have been, been able to raise these concerns far so, before so there's, before this vote, you know. Yeah, so there's a couple things there, and they're fair questions. Um, one of the things I'd like to point out is um, we had many dozens of opportunities where we put this in front of the public. We could try our best to get it in front of the public. We can't guarantee it's going to reach everybody. The second part that's there is what I heard you say is you're volunteering to uh, participate in the public process. Thank you for that. We'll catch that maybe after the, the meeting, and i um, happy to discuss with you that. So Certainly. I think it would be good if we could get the last. I know there's a lot of folks online who have, and a few of them have submitted alternatives for us to consider. If there are no more specific recommendations for the department to analyze on behalf of the commission in this room, I think it might be time for us to... Uh, get the folks who are tracking with us online uh, read their recommendations into the record. The one thing I want to say is we had at one point 212 people online. Thank you all for tracking with us and participating in this public process. That's important. We're going through these and a lot of what we've got on the computer are comments, either pro or con. Very similar to what we've heard here, although not exhaustively representative of what we heard here. I wanted to tell the people who are online that we've, we are catching your comments. But what we're going to reflect back to the group is the actual recommendations or alternatives to the ones we've already analyzed. And so how many of those do you have, Celeste? Um, probably about 10. OK. So we're going to go through those real quick. And I wanted to say as we go through there, Folks who are online who have submitted your comments, thank you. We've got them captured. We had 65 pages. Now we'll probably have 130 pages of comments. But we're committed to going through those 
And um, so, um, Celeste, do you want to read those into the record? Allow only 25 cameras per licensed person who wants to use a trail camera in a specific unit. They have to have a sticker issued by the department that identifies the owner of the camera. Um, and they would be color-coded to the unit. And that we should implement a camera permit. Yes. Amber got it. Amber captured it. And I think Celeste will, will keep it. Another proposal is to allow cameras on water on a first-come, first-served basis, only one per water source. They're allowed to have them in place for 30 days, and then they have to remove them. The next person. Can you guys hear Celeste when she's reading these in? Yeah. One is saying that it should only apply to a hunter who has a permit and that that hunter should remove the trail camera 48 hours before the start of the permitted hunt. Another one is uh, another camera registration with them removing it 48 hours before. And then another one removing the camera 48 hours before their hunt. One says make it hunt specific. I can't use cameras for my hunt. That's it for the recommendations that have come in. Okay. So Celeste read in the, the online recommendations. Did you have one more recommendation you wanted to, to hear? Okay. What, what was yours? So why not do a pilot? So if you think back when we got rid of the, the, the baiting ban, 
There was a huge issue with the baiting bans. What they did is they implemented mandatory deer reporting harvest. Once they got the bait ban done, the reporting went away because they that it was understanding that the deer were in that same level and they didn't need to have that reporting anymore. So it's almost like we're jumping so far ahead we're not thinking about it. Why not, number one, if our issues are on the strip, you have archery seasons, you have rifle deer seasons. You don't, they're not like a normal unit where you have all these con ongoing seasons. So sure. why would not start it as a pilot with having this rule implemented with 48 hours on the strip only, 13A, 13B, that before the archery season, before the rifle seasons, those are implemented, then all game cameras are removed during those hunts Okay. based on that. The second part, over the next five years, since we know we have five years, engage all of the guides, all the conservation groups, um, help us start creating outreach and awareness of what game cameras are, first come, first serve, the respect, kind of that same model where we start creating awareness of to get rid of a lot of these conflict issues. And over the next five years, we change the culture to create awareness of partnerships and understanding and getting that message out there through, you know, your, through your Facebook, through the rules, through the, all the different the guide services. Maybe they, they can do that, maybe through us, the public. So based on that, we kind of change the culture over the next five years. And over that time, we start taking, we start identifying what some of those issues are that are ongoing. Then when five years come down, we have all this data, and we actually address it at that time. Okay. Fair case. So Thank you. So your recommendation would be to implement the 48 rule only on 13A, 13B, only based on you have the archer deer and the rifle deer. You don't have all the other conflicting seasons. Then we create an outreach through some kind of have another task force, maybe the same task force team on the fair chase. They bring in other members, and over the next five years, we start building the data, the facts, and we create a partnership of how we're going to implement this five years from now. Sure. Thank you. Okay, Jay has a few more slides to go through, so he's going to go through what happens next. He's going to go through the, the timelines and, and stuff on, on when we go in front of the commission. Okay, so um, like Dave said, so we're, we're going to take what we got tonight, and, and also, you know, we'll be looking at the comments as well because that, that's more background. Um, but we're going to take and look at these, and then we're going to um, basically do the same process we did before, use the criteria that we used before, and, and run them through that process, also taking in consideration the, the, the more recent comments um, to help us with that background. And then we will provide a, a couple of um, alternatives to the commission in, in June. Now, like like some of these, you know, they they might they might go to the commission in June, but some of them may not. We still have to go through that process and establish the the ones we think that are are most viable. Um, so, just to kind of a little bit more explanation of the um, of the process that we're going to go through um, come up coming up here on June eighth. So, w one of the proposals is the the existing proposal that. Um, will also be presented to the commission. Um, if they choose to, to approve that one, then this is the process that it would go through. So if the commission approved the um, existing proposal, um, that would ha occur on June 8th. It would have to go to the Governor's Regulatory Review Council um, by August 7th. If they approved it, um, we, we would likely come, we would, um, they approve it, we could implement it on April 1st. That's the date that we selected. So it wouldn't apply this year. It would apply April 1st of 2019. Now, if the commission decides to um, look at one of these proposals that we looked at tonight that we bring forward to them, then that would likely um, cause a substantive change, which triggers a, a supplemental process. So we would have to um, basically submit that proposal, just that piece, um, related to this, and then that has to go to the um, Secretary of State. It has to be posted. Um, uh, there's a, a comment period 
that would have to occur that we would come back in September um, bring that proposal back to the Commission um, if they approved it then it would go to GERC on December 4th and then if they approved it it would again go uh, live April 1st so regardless we, we think we can get an April 4th um, uh, uh, implementation date and again um, you know the, the like I said earlier on the Commission can 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 take no action give us other direction we can amend it um, so they, they'll have some options available to them in June and and also you know um, just take the camera portion out as, as a potential one of the options so th those are the the main um, uh, processes that occur moving forward and we started and again we're going to take all this back provide some proposals to the Commission on, on June 8th. tags on that that you, you know I don't see why you were shooting to cut them off halfway through when you look at all the hunts combined for big game there's seasons that run pretty much throughout the year and so August or April 1st was a time frame that didn't affect as many hunters yes it did affect the auction tag hunters but most other big game hunters those seasons where we're really uh, starting up are later in the year, and therefore um, an August, an April first wouldn't be as um, wouldn't have as much of an effect. Hunters would be able to plan ahead and know what the rule was. Except well in for the guys who spend all the money and already are planning on hunting till that date. I mean, I, I can tell you for sure it'll end up in court on on that. And I mean, I know, I know you guys don't care, but I mean that. No, we do, and and. The, the April the April first date was actually a conscious discussion on how can we affect the least hunters and and that's what that was so that another date is something we can look at um, well I, I just you can already, you can submit that purchased them and huh? they're planning on we're planning on hunting till the fourteenth sure and then they're done I don't know why we just went implement it on the fifteenth and sure like most of our we wouldn't have to worry about them guys you know. And and go ahead and submit that comment. We will read it. Okay, we, we are we are going to be reading that all week long until we get to the commission meeting. So, so as far as the as far as the comments, um, April or uh, excuse me, June eighth is the meeting. Are you guys are taking comments all the way up until then? Correct from email. Correct. There's the yeah. there's the there's the email address right okay. there. Send, Thank you. Keep sending them. Yep, and the commission meeting and, and their their review of the package. Uh, the, it's in the commission meeting on June 8th is in Payson at the Matazel Hotel and Casino. And it's uh, it starts at 8 o'clock. Um, I think the item, do you remember, Celeste, when, when it's up? It might be after lunch, I think. Was that? It's, yeah, it's, it's pretty deep into the... Um, uh, I would I would just go on the website and look at the agenda. It's pretty deep in the agenda, so it's likely to be in the afternoon. Okay, guys, thank you. Do you have Craig or, or or Jay have anything else? We appreciate everybody coming out. We appreciate your ideas. We appreciate your comments. Um, feel free to keep sending comments, and the team will look at every single one of them. We we have been for the last two and a half years. 
I'd echo that, guys and ladies. Thanks for coming. Thanks for participating online. And uh, a lot of you feel strongly about it, but this is the public process, and we appreciate you coming and participating. So thank you. Thank you again, everybody. Appreciate it.